Hello there. This is uh, our English Link podcast again, and uh, a surprise today. It's not Mark and Steve, but it's Alex and Steve. Alex is visiting with us. Alex uh, is a learner, a member of Link, and he's also now uh, helping us in a variety of ways. And he's a keener uh, language learner. And what are your languages? Well, first off, I'll say hello to everyone. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm a uh, university student in Vancouver. Um, And my languages, as Steve puts it, are primarily Korean. I've been studying Korean for a few years, and I just started to pick up Chinese about a year ago now. Uh, I should say that, uh, as some of you may know, we launched Korean at Link, and so we're trying to drum up a little more content for our library. Mm -hmm. So Alex and I, I know a lady who runs the local Korean language newspaper. It's actually a branch of Jungang Ilbo, which is a major newspaper in Korea. Right, right. So we went to see her, and I, uh, this lady doesn't speak very much English, and my Korean is is more for ordering beer than anything else. (laughs) So I brought Alex along, and I was very impressed with your Korean. Oh, thank you. Very fluent. Thank you. Yeah. How did you, uh, how did you get so fluent? Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time just hanging out with friends and, you know, really immersed myself in the culture as much as I could. Uh, you know, even before I had the chance to go to Korea, um, you know, I just met a lot of Korean friends and, you know, tried as much to, uh, just spend time with them and, you know, do whatever it was that they did, you know, whether it was going out and eating food or Mm -hmm. anything like that, just to, you know, get that exposure to the language Mm -hmm. and try and, you know, be able to hear it and, you know, slowly be able to understand it. And, you know, it was a long process, but um, I think it's paid off until now. And, you know, I mean, of course, I'm still going, but. And you're in what, third year at UBC? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be technically starting my third year in September. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're, uh, but you've got some travel plans this summer. I do. Um, Actually, in about two weeks, I'll be headed off to China. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to be there for almost five weeks. Whereabouts in China? Uh, primarily in Beijing, mm-hmm. um, and really I don't have um, plans really set in stone, so I can kind of just go wherever I like. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a friend I know is going to be there. Uh, he's actually a university student, and we took the same course, and that's how we met. Is that Aaron? Yes, that's okay, Aaron. Okay, all good. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I think I'm going to see the Great Wall of China. and. Right. You know, uh, I mean, there's so many different things to see in China. But what are you so. going to do other than that? Have you any particular plan? You're not attending a course there. No, I'm not. Um, yeah. My primary purpose is just to get as much exposure to Chinese mm. language and culture as mm-hmm. possible. I mean, I, I think that's a good strategy because, as I always say, I mean, attitude is so important. So the more positive you are towards the culture and the people, the better off. I mean, the better you learn because it's just you're not resisting. You're just sort of eating it. Right. eating it all up right uh and so mostly i'll tell you beijing is not easy to understand them because they speak beijing but there's a lot of rah 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 yeah. it's it's uh that'll be good yeah that'll be good now, i've had a few friends of mine who are also chinese language learners and um pretty much the consensus is that it's really hard to speak like people in beijing speak right but i think they all want to you know they uh, like the way that it's well i stuff. think yeah and as i've said for people who are interested in Chinese learning, get some Xiangsheng CDs. You've seen me say that, right? Right. right. That's the best. Mm-hmm. That's the best because you can listen to them over and over and over again. And at first you understand 20%, then it goes up to 30, 40, 50, 60. Yeah. I wish we could get some transcripts of Xiangsheng 
dialogues, comic dialogues for our library in mm -hmm. Chinese. But so you're going to be in Beijing, are you? And the Great Wall, of course, which isn't very far away, and right. and uh, and now there's a high speed train into Tianjin as well from oh, Beijing. Is there? Yeah, um. I mean it's not like when I first went there in 1970. <laughs> when I went there in 1970, I mean there was a car every 15 minutes. Really? And the the city was as I imagined. It was as it must have been in the time of. Uh, the Ming Dynasty. Oh, really? Well, it wasn't really, but yeah. there were very few new buildings. And uh, I remember they pi it was October, they piled cabbage on the sidewalk because mm. people would then store all this cabbage to get through the winter. Oh, wow. And uh, it was pretty basic. Yeah. But And you had this impression. I almost expected to see camels come walking down, <laughs> you know. Uh, into Tiananmen Square because that's that's the, the it feeling. It's that deserted. Hey? Oh yeah. Whereas nowadays you go there and it's of course a modern city. Right. So. Yeah. I mean it's amazing. I had the chance to go to China last year actually, mm -hmm. and it was only it was a quite a short trip, only about um, eight days in China and mm -hmm. and five or so days in Korea. But I was amazed at really how modern it's become. It's, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean the photographs I've seen in classes taken on China versus what I saw with my eyes when I went there, you know, even over the course of a period of five or ten years, it's mm -hmm. just radically changed. Ah, it's, it's, it's absolutely astounding. I don't think there has ever been uh, an economic transformation on the same scale and as rapid as what we're seeing in China today. Right. And the impact on the world is just, it's amazing. Yeah. The China, they say, is going to consume like, 40% of all the world's energy within, really? you know, five years right, or something right. like that. I mean, they consume 60% of the world's iron ore. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's astounding if you have 20% or 22% of the world's population yeah. growing at 10% a year. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and now their economy is already equal to or greater than... I don't know whether it's Germany or Japan, but it's right, already right. a humongous economy. I think it's past both of them, actually. So it's a humongous economy, and it's yeah. doubling every every seven or ten years. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, it's extraordinary. Yeah, and I mean, it's been growing like that for 30 years now or more. Uh, I think it was yeah. Deng Xiaoping. Was Deng Xiaoping. But I think it didn't really pick up speed until the 90s. I mean, yeah. it started from such a, slow, a low level. Right. So, so it's one thing to, to go 7 10% growth a year based on a very low level. Yeah. But as you keep doubling and doubling and doubling, and you're still moving at that yeah, exactly. rate of growth, it's astounding, absolutely yeah. astounding. Yeah. So, but, so um, Beijing, you're just going to hang around and, uh, and, and so forth. You have no, uh, you know, you should go to, uh, are you going to go to the interior at all from Beijing? Um, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um, I'm on a bit of a budget. Right. But you know, unfortunately, I have a friend who's there, and he's offered mm. to uh, to put me up for the entire duration. Right. So that really takes a big burden off. So right. I'll have a little bit of extra spending money. So right. I would definitely like to go to say Xi'an or something like yeah. that, if possible. Yeah, that would be, I think, quite uh, quite well, mm -hmm. you know, worth it. Although uh, just exploring uh, Beijing and the Forbidden City and <laughs> the older part of Beijing and stuff, yeah. but it's just so crowded now. It's just. Mm -hmm. it's different mm -hmm. it's different yeah interesting but so korea how many times have you been to korea um i've been korea to korea twice now mm -hmm. um the first time i went was about somewhere around six months after i started formally learning korean mm -hmm. so i couldn't really communicate much at all but because i had so much exposure um you know 
for example, one instance, I was in a, a, a taxi and I was going to the bus station, which was about 30 minutes away because I was in a rural city. And my friend stayed back at his place. So I was there alone with the driver. And, you know, we conversed to the best of my ability for pretty much the whole 30 minutes. Wow. So um, I had some good opportunities there to really try and push the envelope and see really how good my Korean was at that time. You know, an experience like that, 30 minutes with a taxi driver in a real meaningful conversation, mm -hmm. to my mind, is worth hours of class time. Yeah, absolutely. Hours of class yeah. time. And I mean, it was very encouraging for me because yeah. in the class that I was taking at the time uh, back here in Vancouver, we didn't really have the option to speak. It was more focused on, you know, the textbook and... Um, you know, my teacher, she did a great job and, you know, I, I got to give her credit because, you know, she saw what our needs were and kind of deviated from this textbook and, you know, would always be willing to answer our questions, even if they had nothing to do with the lesson. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it was so limited, even the course time. So we didn't really get the chance to converse that much and especially with native speakers because mm -hmm. none of the other people in the class were native speakers. So... Right. So really, except that you have to pay for a taxi, the thing is to go to the country, get in a taxi, and start yakking away, right? When I was uh, a student in France, I used to go into Spain hitchhiking. Oh, and that's really? where I learned Spanish, yeah. because I would just be talking. If someone picks you up, it's because they want, they want company, right? Right. So you've got and truck drivers and stuff like that. So I would be, I'd have my little Spanish book and, yeah. uh, you know, I'd just talk. And so hours and hours and hours... Of course, nowadays, hitchhiking is not as easy as it was when I was young. Right. It's been spoiled. But when I was young, I mean, you'd just leave any little town in southern France or anywhere in Europe in those mm -hmm. days, and there'd be four or five people lined up hitchhiking, and within really? 15, 20 minutes, you'd be picked up. Yeah. And so they'd, you'd just get in there and talk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Cool. That's great. So now, how do you find the... Uh, you've been to China. Yes. And how did you find the China versus Korea culture? You know, what what struck you as the differences? Um, it's honestly entirely different. And I think uh, the biggest reason why is Korea is much more modern. Mm -hmm. Although China is very uh, substantial in the global world, Korea is still much more modern, especially in Seoul. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just a busyness in Korea, which, you know, I'm not really a big fan of. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that the second time I went back to Korea, or rather the first time I went back to Korea, uh, it was something that I wasn't too comfortable with. But in China, it seemed like there were a lot more people that were just friendly and it, there was a sense of community, mm -hmm. even among these very crowded places. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny, the... Um of course, a lot of Koreans who are here in Vancouver, they'll tell you they find Korea, Vancouver boring. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, there's so much more action in Korea. So it's it's a matter of, of I guess, what you're used to. Right, right. Uh, and I must say, China, the Chinese are actually quite easy to talk to. Even when I was in China during the Cultural Revolution, mm. where things were very tense and uh, potentially they could get into trouble for talking with a foreigner. Yeah. I always found that uh, many people shy away from you or give you dirty looks, mm -hmm. but you'd always find people who are quite content to just <laughs> chew the fat, you know, and just, yeah. you know, talk about whatever. And, and uh, of course, yeah, I had to be careful not to talk about politics because that might get them into trouble. Right. But we could always talk. Uh, Chinese in that regard, I think, are quite easygoing. Yeah. 
And I think that's, you know, definitely a similarity among rural Korea. Mm -hmm. Um, The urbanization of Seoul has just really changed the atmosphere there. But Mm -hmm. if you do go outside the city, and I mean, it takes a bit of time because the city is so expensive that you have to travel at least an hour outside. Mm -hmm. But if you do, that's where you find that kind of home country, Mm -hmm. um, typical rural friendliness and hospitality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, China, uh, when I was there, of course, in the 70s, uh, mm-hmm. many of them had never seen a foreigner. Right. And uh, I can remember on one occasion I was in Shanghai with my wife and two kids, and they were both blonde mm-hmm. at that age. They're dark-haired now, but we were walking down uh, one of the major streets of Shanghai, and we were mm-hmm. surrounded by 200 people. Oh, they were about wow. 20 deep. Yeah. Perfectly, uh, you know, harmless, but they were just, like, curious. Yeah. And uh, it was a hot June day, and my kids were starting to cry. Mm -hmm. This crowd was kind of squeezing us. (laughs) And uh, similarly, I remember once in northern China in the winter, I was in Harbin. Uh, Not in Harbin, I was in a smaller town up Mm -hmm. in in, in northeast China. And I went for a walk, as I always do. I mean, when we're traveling, right? We like to walk around. It doesn't matter what it is. Some little village. I wonder what this village is all about. So you're wandering around. And I looked behind me and I had 200 little kids following me. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we were a curious, uh, a curiosity in those days. It's not the case today. Mm -hmm. Although I'm sure in China, if you went out into the boonies, you might encounter the same. But certainly you mentioned uh, Xi'an or or Beijing or any of those major cities there quite used to seeing lots of tourists so yeah we're not the curiosity that we once were exactly yeah well so you now what's your, what are your plans with chinese now you're in third year korean uh no actually i finished fourth year korean already. finished fourth year korean yeah and so you're going to come back to ubc and work on your chinese is uh i don't know if i have any plans on taking another chinese course uh-huh. uh, and i think the biggest reason is that it's just so expensive right you know a year of chinese is bordering on a thousand dollars now right and you know i found that in the eight months of the course that i was taking i didn't really learn all that much you know and since that semester finished and i've just begun this kind of self-study type of learning right i found that it's much more rewarding because i'm the one who chooses what i study right but at the same time it's so much cheaper oh yeah I mean, so. absolutely. Like I, I see. You know, this is a common theme. You know, and we talk about it all the time. But there's, I think, you know, and I was going to actually break down. I'll tell you, uh, uh, this fall I'm going to Italy with my wife. It's mm-hmm. my 65th birthday and all. And oh, congratulations! Thank you. And so uh, we were going to go. In fact, have plans to go to Sardinia. And mm-hmm. I found this Italian language school, mm-hmm. and they rent out an, a nice apartment that belongs to the owner of the school and everything. I thought we need, mm-hmm. we know the local people, and oh, what the hell, I'll, I'll enroll in a in a language course. And I spoke to the lady there today via Skype. Mm-hmm. It's four hours a day, and they begin with grammar, then they have a break, mm-hmm. then they have their communications part, and mm-hmm. then they do writing. And, and I'm saying to myself, I'm going to be in Sardinia. And I'm going to spend four hours of every day for a whole week sitting in a classroom. Mm-hmm. They're going to teach me grammar, which I can look up in a book. Yeah. It's not that I don't know the verbs in Italian. I can't get them right. Mm-hmm. And sitting in the classroom is not going to help me get them right. Yeah. So you get a lot of explanation. And they're going to ask me to repeat it and reproduce it and <laughs> get it wrong, which I don't like doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I so actually, as a result of our Skype conversation, I'm not going to go there. Oh, really? I mean, I'm going to go there. Yeah. But I'm going to take the, they have a cooking school thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take the cooking school mm-hmm. three times a week, three evenings a week. We cook and we eat what we cook. Do mm-hmm. that with my wife. And I'm going to just visit around, 
maybe cheaper to get a taxi and just yeah. talk away in Italian. But exactly. uh, no, I see what you mean. It's it's it is it is tremendously expensive. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and and the the resources that are available, whether it be a book, whether it be the library, whether it be internet, whether yeah. it be link, whether it be using you know flashcard systems, or, right. you know whatever the live mochas. I mean, they all have their different flavor, and different mm-hmm. people like different things, but. There's less and less justification for sitting in a classroom. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. We kind of uh, diverged from our normal. We didn't uh, <laughs> criticize anyone in Canada or the other stuff that Mark <laughs> and I normally do. We were a little more serious. Mm-hmm. Talked about language learning with Alex. Yeah. So thank you, Alex. Uh, thank you yeah. for having me, Steve. Okay. And uh, that'll be the end of our discussion today. And please let us know if uh, you have any Special requests, things that you would like us to talk about. Mm -hmm. We had that one request for us to talk about endangered languages. We were happy to do that. Mm -hmm. We will talk about any subject. What we have to say is not all, uh, you know, based on any depth of knowledge, but it does give you some vocabulary. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.